Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. Anthony Richardson is the man in Indy. How will he fit into the Colts' rich quarterback history? Also, can the Texas Rangers hold off the Houston Astros this season? And why Aaron Rodgers made it possible for the Jets to make the best move they could make this late into the offseason. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Anthony Richardson is QB1. Jonathan Taylor is back in the building. Plenty to be excited about if you're an Indianapolis Colts fan right now. Joining me from Locked on Colts, Jake Arthur. And Jake, uh, right now, fans are very excited about what Anthony Richardson can be. We saw him in precisely one quasi-NFL game. What were your impressions of Richardson in his preseason NFL debut? Yeah, so, I mean, his first drive kicks off with an interception, which is obviously not great. Uh, but it's the preseason. It's time to make those mistakes. What you want to see from him is correcting it, and that's exactly what he did. Uh, he got three drives. Obviously, that first one didn't go well. Uh, but in the second couple drives, they moved the ball really well. They got past midfield. Uh, the the second drive stalled out on a failed fourth and one. The set, or the third drive had a drop touchdown. Beautiful throw that I'm sure a lot of people saw. Uh, and then their kicker winds up missing a chip shot field goal. Uh, so really the Colts could have come away with those three drives with about 10 points or so uh, feasibly. So it's really good. Um, you, you saw him start to set his feet a little more and kind of get his wits about him. Looks like he had some jitters to shake off early, uh, but he settled in nicely and really impressed the Colts coaches. And that's why they were comfortable making him QB one this week. Jonathan Taylor, uh, set to be back here for the Colts, but you have to assume still not pleased with how this is all going. Mm -hmm. Is his return the end of this discussion, at least for the moment? Uh, no, it's <laughs> really, it's <laughs> no news right now. Like he's back. He was rehabbing offsite and I, I guess he's back at the facility with, uh, with the team at training camp now, but until he either gets removed from pup, and gets on the field or gets traded or whatever it is, we just don't know. Um, he has almost no leverage here. All these running back dominoes across the league are, are continuing to fall, and none of them are getting big deals. Even if it's just short deals, they're not really expensive ones. Uh, so there, I just do not see a way that he's going to get what he wants. Uh, plus, if this ankle injury is, is legitimately a thing, and it's the same one that got repaired in January – that that normal timeline for return is about a month. And again, it happened in January. And here we are in August, mid-August. Um, so if they're trying to say that's a legit injury, why would a team want to throw big money at a guy who's having that injury yeah. still all this time later? It does seem like, though, if you want Anthony Richardson to succeed, having arguably the best running back in football there and happy and a part of this team long term would make a lot of sense. Plus, mm -hmm. Jake. Isn't this why you have a rookie quarterback on a rookie contract understanding? Okay, it's a little more expensive because he's a top five pick, but isn't this why you have a rookie contract so you can maybe overpay in a position like this because it makes you better with this rookie quarterback when you can afford to do something like this? 
Yeah, I I honestly think this is pretty uncharacteristic for the Colts and specifically Chris Ballard. Uh, they've preached since the day he got here in 2017 they were going to draft and develop and re-sign their own guys. And yes, running back isn't a premium position, but they reset the market with Quentin Nelson at guard. They reset the the market. Not a premium with position. Shaquille Leonard at linebacker. Not a premium position. Exactly. So you you think Jonathan Taylor being a top five running back in the NFL, who gave you arguably the best season a Colts running back has ever had, considering Hall of Famers Lenny Moore, Edron James, Eric Dickerson, yeah, all these guys, Marshall Falk. He's had the best season of all of them. You would think you'd be a little more willing to pay, play ball. Like maybe you don't reset the market with him, but if the reports are true that they never have even offered him a contract or even come to the table for negotiations, I think that's kind of crazy because we've seen them. We've seen them extend guys a year ahead of time, numerous times this time of year for the past few years. So it's not like it's unprecedented for them. So I don't really understand their stubbornness here. I don't really think any side is particularly handing it, handling it well, but I especially don't know why the Colts wouldn't want to match Taylor with Richardson for at least the next couple of years. Stay up to date all year on the Indianapolis Colts by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Colts on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, can the Rangers hold off the Astros in the West? Before we get to that, the blindside story continues to take strange turns. Football season is about to kick off and FanDuel is giving you a chance to win all season long. This is such a cool promotion. Right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on point spreads, on player props, on totals, whatever. There's so many things you can bet on. You can sign up. Place a bet on the Bills to win it all and get paid for every win they accumulate in the regular season before the Super Bowl even happens. 11, 12, 13, 14. That's a lot of bonus bets. You can also join in on the baseball playoff action every day like tonight's Astros-Marlins game. Justin Verlander on the bump for Houston, which makes Miami home dogs. FanDuel has the Marlins money line plus 106. You can also combine prop bets within a game to make a same-game parlay for even bigger payouts. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Tuies have issued their dispute to Michael Orr's claims that they took advantage of him financially. Attorney Martin Singer issued a statement on behalf of the Tuies that called Orr's petition transparently ridiculous. The statement further says, Orr has actually attempted to run this play several times before, but it seems that numerous other lawyers stopped representing him once they saw the evidence and learned the truth. They insisted that any money received be divided equally, and they have made good on that pledge. The evidence documented in profit participation checks and studio accounting statements is clear. Over the years, the Tuies have given Mr. Orr an equal cut of every penny received from the blind side. The statement from the Tuies also included a threat from Orr that he would plant a negative story about them in the press unless they paid him $15 million. This has gone from a rip from the headlines, book and movie, to straight up tabloid stuff. 
When Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson throws a touchdown pass this season, there's a chance it will come on a route that he suggested. One of the biggest changes in the Ravens' first season under new offensive coordinator Tom Mockin is more freedom and input from Jackson. In addition to giving Jackson the leeway to audible, Baltimore is using plays that Jackson has sent to the coaching staff. It would appear Jackson is putting his stamp on a revamped offense that is looking to bounce back from averaging under 21 points per game, the Ravens' fewest since 2015. In baseball, did the Braves just stick a fork in the Yankees' playoff hopes? This is Stacey Gonsoulias of Locked On Yankees and the Yankees. Drop another one to the Braves, this time 5-0, and this time they only got one hit. DJ LeMahieu was the lone hit for the Yankees. Meanwhile, the Braves scored three runs in the first off Luis Severino. Not shocking. What was shocking is that he lasted four innings and only gave up five runs. Three of them were earned, those three runs in the first, which came off a Marcel Ozuna home run that was hit off an 86-mile-an-hour slider that got way too much of the plate that you and I could have hit out of the stadium. So the Yankees are looking to not get swept on Wednesday in Atlanta, and they will be facing Charlie Morton. So we'll see how they do there. We have everything you need to know about this game. Plus, are the Yankees one of the most frustrating teams in baseball? Yes, and we talk about it. The Philadelphia Phillies did a good job limiting a good Toronto Blue Jays lineup, but couldn't score enough to win. Well, there you have it, folks. The Phillies lose their opener to the Toronto Blue Jays. Connor Thomas, your host of Locked On Phillies. Let's look at the positives, right? Zach Wheeler was incredible tonight. It was a great start by him. It's a great sign for things going forward. That's awesome. Uh, Sure, great. The bad, the offense was non-existent tonight, and... The Phillies have now had three games in a row where they just can't put up runs to the point where they can win a game. Yeah, I'm a little bit worried about it, but Toronto's a good team. You go out, you win Nola's start tomorrow, and we feel a lot better about this, and Toronto's a playoff opponent. I mean, this is kind of, to be expected, a tough, tight game. I I just want to see the offense wake up more. I'm not mad about the loss because the Phillies did some really good things defensively and on the mound tonight. Just a game that you wish they would have gotten. Oh, well, two games set. Go ahead and split it tomorrow. We'll talk more on the next episode of Locked on Phillies. And the Houston Astros got a win over the Miami Marlins. Howdy, y'all. The Astros won a ball game. Oh, wait, why am I talking like that? I guess I'm just excited that the Astros won a game. It was another one of those late comebacks, and the Astros have been doing that a little bit lately. They scored two in the fourth, two in the fifth, one in sixth, and one in seventh. That was a go-ahead home run by Kyle Tucker. And this was one of those games that was super exciting. You had Hunter Brown come in and get the W out of the bullpen, but Christian Javier failed to go five innings again. But the big story of today's game was the fact that Jose Altuve did exit the game with a left knee contusion. Uh, He's day-to-day. He said he was okay after the game, so hopefully it's just a minor thing. We will find out soon. And Dusty uh, went on and was trolling Astros fans by saying that Diaz catching Javier was not experiment. And he said he's still learning to be a catcher. So we'll talk about this on Locked on Astros. Here is another story you need to know. For a lot of fans in the American League, the Texas Rangers have been a little bit like the Breaking Bad Aaron Paul meme. They can't keep getting away with this. And yet, 
they do. It looks like if you're, let's say, a casual baseball fan, that the Houston Astros, they should have caught the Texas Rangers by now. They're the big bad team in Major League Baseball. And yet here we stand in mid-August and the Rangers have a three-game lead in the AL West. And by the way, a run differential better than double the Houston Astros. Bryce Paderek from Locked On Rangers joins me now. And Bryce, we talked just a week or two ago about how this team has built to this point. And they've been able to keep this consistent here as we come down the stretch. So as this keeps going, how does your impression of them as playoff contenders change? Well, I mean, I've been pretty steadfast since about mid-May that this team is a playoff contender. And the further it goes, the further I think, oh, why not a, a World Series contender? I mean, with the injury to Jacob deGrom, obviously that is a huge blow to and nearly any team losing a Jacob deGrom is a season ender. But so far for the Rangers, it hasn't been. The offense has been absolutely incredible. It's basically on par with that 20, almost on par with that 2021 Giants offense that won 106 games. Donnie Ecker was a hitting coach of that Giants team. Now he is over on the Rangers and he is making a world difference. Corey Seager is in the middle of a two homer day. He's put up some absolutely incredible numbers. The top through the bottom of this lineup is exceptional. Max Scherzer outside of that one inning. And even with that one inning has been exceptional with Rangers and Jordan Montgomery, the other pitcher the Rangers traded for has also been really dang good. They got some healthy, uh, some good health news about Nathan Evaldi, who was the best pitcher on this team for the entirety of the season. Hopefully he's going to be coming back soon. Got some good news and got Jonah Heim back. So, I mean, this team is legitimately good. They're as good as the record says, as good as the run differential says. And eventually it's going to take to the end of the season until the Rangers actually do it. But this is now the big baddest team in the AL West. It's not just the biggest baddest team in the AL West, by the way, by point differential, I know they don't have the best record in the American league, but by point differential, no one else in the AL is even close. They're almost 50 runs clear of the Tampa Bay Rays. And are you trying to tell me that a, a team that is by all accounts, Oh, well, not overachieving. That would be undiplomatic, but is playing like the best team in the American league could actually be getting better because they're getting healthy. Yeah, they absolutely are. They had some key injuries in the month of August. They had two of their all-stars, three of their all-stars actually go down in Nathan Eovaldi, in uh, Josh Young, the third baseman, the rookie from Texas Tech. He is going to be out for another about four weeks. He had just the most random freak injury, a line drive off his thumb, a, a double play that he turned, but he's going to be out for six weeks total. I think we're about two weeks removed from that. Jonah Heim had a pop in his wrist, which is a scary injury, and he came back after three weeks and thought, oh, no, the season's definitely done, but he's back and already in the lineup. And, I mean, this team just keeps getting better. Max Scherzer has been exceptional again. I mean, it's just every single part of this team is going well. The lineup, the rotation, the bullpen now. It's just there's not really a weak link in this team at this moment, even with these key injuries. And Corey Seager isn't, still isn't fully healthy. But, I mean, when he's on the field, he's just the best hitter in all of baseball. According to our friends at FanDuel, the Texas Rangers are eight to one to win the world series. That is behind the Houston Astros still who are plus five fifty. Tell me why the Texas Rangers shouldn't be the favorite in the American league. Well, I mean, the thing about the Rangers is, I mean, they've got a team full of talented players. They've got a, a bunch of guys who have been there in the playoffs, but have not been there with this Texas squad. They have Bruce Bochy, who's I think the best manager in all of baseball. I mean, it's just a complete game changer getting him back, but 
this team together has not done it. They have not proved it. The Astros, as much as I hate them as a Texas fan, they have done it year in, year out. They have been consistent, and this Rangers team has been so good, but they just can't really gain very much distance on the Astros because this Astros team is very, very good. No matter what happens to them, they have suffered their slew of injuries as well, but the Astros just keep on chugging. So, I mean, it makes sense for the Astros to be the favorite, but I still think that people are counting out this Texas Rangers team a little too quickly. Stay up to date all year on the Texas Rangers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Rangers on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, why Aaron Rodgers made it possible for the Jets to bring in Dalvin Cook. Better late than never, right? Aaron Rodgers giving money back to the Jets this year enabled them to go out and make a few moves. Enter Dalvin Cook, who Locked On Jets host John Butchko sees as the best possible move the Jets could have made right now you know Aaron Rodgers giving back some of the money that was due, was owed to him maybe it makes a signing like this possible maybe it shows you that Aaron Rodgers is fully committed to this team Aaron Rodgers is fully committed to making this a championship caliber team and I think ultimately on today August 15th how are you going to improve your football team I don't know that you can do better based on the players who are available than signing Dalvin Cook you know this may have been tr- not may not have been true even a month ago it may not have been true three months ago but on August 15th, I'm not sure that there was a better move for the Jets that could up their ceiling more than Dalvin Cook. It's not just the moves that the Jets can make right now either. In fact, former Packers backup quarterback Kurt Benkert went on Up and Adams on FanDuel TV yesterday and suggested David Bakhtiari could be a future Jet. That could be this year. It could be next year if the Packers move on from him. But it would be much easier to take on David Bakhtiari's contract or in free agency pay him what he needs if you have the money to do it. So it's not just what they can do right now. We've already heard reporting that the Jets will be aggressive at the deadline if there are players available. Well, you need to have money to pay the players. And Aaron Rodgers has made that a lot easier. So yes, they made the move for the biggest fish that was out there. That's not a Dolphins pun. He did almost go to Miami, according to reports. But he gave them the flexibility to do something at the deadline that, by the way, the Green Bay Packers were almost never able to do, in part because they had to pay Aaron Rodgers a lot of money. And finally... Mookie Betts inspires many with the way he plays, but he found a new level of inspiration for one fan. Giuseppe Mancuso, a fan sitting near the on-deck circle at Dodger Stadium on August 2nd, told Betts if he homered that the fan would name his soon-to-be-born daughter after him. Turned out to be a bold strategy indeed, as Betts uncorked the longest home run he's hit in L.A. Giuseppe is a man of his word. In a Twitter post a few days after the game, he tweeted his daughter's birth certificate that read... Francesca Mookie Mancuso. Betts recorded a video for Twitter and said he can't wait to meet Francesca and that she is going to be his girl. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, what does the MLB playoff picture look like with six weeks left in the season? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.